0: On oh, amour, va jou te la Tchau, Brahms Mahalo, Bhama All of you, all of you, Prajapatis, Cha Cha, and Manava, Manus, Vibhu Ishvara, all the different demigods, such as the, sun, such as the Sun, the Moon, Venus, Mars, and Jupiter, who are all in charge for the welfare of the world. Vibhutaya, expanses, expanses, expanses of energy. Mama, Mama. my, I. he, indeed, indeed. etahar, Eta-ha. all these, these. utah of, of all living entities. Uti, Eta-ha. For the welfare. Etabah, causes. Pause. Translation, I put five to five Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, the Manus and all other demigods in the high planetary systems and you Prajapates who are increasing the population are working for the benefit of all the entities. Thus you, expansion of my marginal energy are inclinations of my various qualities. There are various types of incarnations, or expansions of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The expansions of His Personal Self, or Vishnu Tattva, are called Mansa expansions, whereas living entities, who are not Vishnu Tattva but Jiva Tattva, are called Nivinamsa, separated expansions. Although productive Daksha is not on the same level as Lord Brahman or Shiva, He is compared to them because He engages in the service of the Lord. In the service of the personality of God, it is not that what Brahma is considered very great, while an ordinary human being trying to preach the growth of the Lord is considered very low. There are no such distinctions. Regardless of whether materially high or maturely low, anyone engaged in the service of the Lord is spiritually very dear to him. In this regard, Sri gives this quotation from the Tantra in Naya Visheshadhakri Bhaktradhgad, Mamadhyasthu vibhutaya, tad antaryam minas caiva matsyadhyad vibhavasmaktaha. From Lord Brahmat down all the living entities engaged in the service of the Lord are extraordinary and are called vibhuti. As the Lord says in the Bible in the 1041, yad yad vibhuti mat satvam shimad urjitam evhava tad tad eva kashatvam mamatejam sa samam Sambhava. Know that all beautiful, throws and mighty creations spring from by the stalk of my splendor. A living entity, especially empowered to act on behalf of the world is called the booty. whereas the visionary type of incarnations of the world, such as Matsya, Avatar, Kesha Rodríguez and Nina Sarira, Chaito are called Vahams. That's why she takes Krishna, 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 Krishna. Okay, Ram, Hare the Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, the Masters, and all other demi the higher planetary systems and new projectors who are increasing the population are working for the benefit of all living entities. That's new expansion of my marginal energy incarnations of my various warrior teams. So this is a very loaded uh, verse that touches on the different expansions of the Lord. And there's much more information about this, of course, in the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam where they speak about how Krishna is the source of all incarnations and how the Lord expands himself um, to enter into the material world, and maintain it so that the living entities can come and uh, perform their devotional service or burn out their karma so that they can all go back home, back to Godhead, once they've preferred that. In the previous verse, it's nice that Prabhupada mentions how this Krishna consciousness movement is not a fad, um, but it is a bona fide movement that is intended to give or elevate everyone to the platform of being Krishna conscious. So there are many different ways in this world that people try to benefit others. There's different forms of charity, there's different forms of sacrifices that people uh, perform for the benefit of humanity. And while all these are of course um, to be appreciated and noted. Uh, the highest form, of course, the highest well-being and the highest welfare that one can show to the living, to the conditioned soul, is that welfare work that will lead one out of the clutches or the cages of material existence and actually liberate them to the uh, lotus feet of the Supreme Lord. and. Getting our, the conditioned souls out of the um, ocean of material suffering, or the uh, environment of miseries, that is the real liberation. Not so much being free from experiencing suffering or pain, but to actually understand our eternal connection to the Lord and to engage in devotional service. That is the highest goal. And that is what this Krishna consciousness is trying to facilitate uh, for people at large So this verse, in the translation, speaks about how the the um, the different devatas, the prajapatis, they are engaging in a service to populate the universe. Looking back at this verse, we first hear about the prajapatis and how they had been. uh, Sorry, this chapter, how they had been. Uh, under the wards of meditating for thousands upon thousands of years, and when they came out, they saw that the trees had overgrown and they created fire, they were angry that there were no sacrifices performed, that there was no maintenance, so they came out and burnt everything, and the pastime goes on and on, that they're different personalities who have been empowered by the Lord, uh, they may be of the marginal uh, potency, they may be Uh, Samsa or different expansions of the Lord's personal body, that they do so in service to the Lord so that the material world, the cosmos, can actually function the way it's supposed to function and the living entities can come through and go and get purified and continue on their journey back home, back to Godhead. So, Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, the Manus, um, they are all acting on behalf of the Lord. And it is important that when we read about um, the different incarnations, or the Purusha avatars, uh, or the different um, empowered entities, whether it is uh, generating more population on the earth, they are doing so under the guidance of higher authority. They're not just waking up one day and saying, oh, I feel like populating the universe, let's go and do that. Or they didn't just roll out of bed and think, I'm just going to go out on water for like 200 years, I don't want to see people, right? It is not all that whimsical. Everything actually has a plan. There is a plan and a design behind everything. Contrary to what we're told that things just happen. I just wake up one day, things are happening. Hey, the body is doing what it's supposed to. It's just happening. It's just happening, girls. It's happening, man. So everything has a design and everything has a plan and somehow, in, being in the material world, that kind of shocks a lot of us that there is intention and there is design, there is structure. That's a bit too daunting. Right? There is structure to the things that we do. Our, our bodies, the way it functions, the way the world functions, there is structure. Every morning, we know that the sun is going to rise. The sun sets, there is sunlight, there is moonshine, the veggies get nourished and the rain falls. So many things happen to keep sustaining life on this planet. There is the design of seasons, they come and they go. So similarly, the design of this material world has a beginning, middle and end, and it continues and different personalities are put in post to make sure that this work keeps going on and it is a service that they actually are performing. So there is structure to everything that you do. What you speak of, you know, the demigods or the purusha the avatars or the uh, secondary creators, they also have a structure that they follow. They empowered the Vibhutis. Um, also have a structure that they follow. Similarly, I mean it's not surprising that we also follow a process of purifying of the consciousness, a process of elevating our consciousness and remembering our our Swadharma, remembering that we are spiritual beings, part and parcel of the Supreme, and we are meant to be in relationship with him. So there is a process that one can follow that will help, um, will help us remember who we are. So in the first chapter, there's a verse that I wanted to read, um, it's Cantor 1, chapter 3, text 5. It says, um, this form, the second manifestation of the Purusha, is the source of all indestructible seed of multi incarnations in the universe. When well, the particles and portions of different living entities like demigods men, and others are created. And in the Purport, it speaks of how Gavadavishai Vishnu, uh, the second Purusha avatar, continues to expand and enter into the universe to so continue the service of creation. And from him, of course, the Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, they are also created there, Lord the Brahma, of course, is born from the stem and he is the engineer of the universe and the Lord himself, a Vishnu, is maintaining the universe and Lord Shiva comes as the uh, Rudra, the form of Rudra who is in charge of the world of ignorance and destroying the whole creation by the will of the Lord. So we have many other inclinations, or well, there's Daksha, Marishi, the different um, sages that come for a specific reason. Now one may ask, why is there so much detail in the Bhagavatam? why do we need to know all of this? You know, to remember all of this for the entire life, oh, which, okay, which are the sages? Okay, the seven sages, and then, okay, then there's the sons of Daksha, then there's the Pachetas, there's an entire chapter dedicated to lineages and who was born from who and why, and as we are experiencing now, there are so many people who claim to know about the mature world and how it functions. There are so many cheating personalities out there who will claim to be incarnations of Vishnu. There are persons who will claim to be Vishnu, or to speak of incarnations. But in the pages of the Baburtsam, we understand that all of these... Um, we could say all of these um, expansions, incarnations of the Lord, they've already been given. It's already been explained who is in charge of what and who comes when and why. Including why the Supreme Lord descends into this material world. It's already been explained by Krishna Himself in the Bhagavad Gita. But when there is a decline um, in religious activities and a rise in irreligion, the Lord says I will come myself to try to re-establish all of this, to give pleasure to my devotees and to get rid of demonic tendencies as well. So all these facts have already been given so that in the future we don't have to deal with uh, the confusion of people claiming or different living entities claiming to be incarnations or expansions of. In the Vibhuti chapter, in the Bhagavad Gita chapter 10, Krishna mentions His different opulences. Not to be confused by any one, okay? It is very clear when Krishna mentions His extraordinary energy, even the natural energy, it is quite extraordinary. We can, at least for myself, I cannot even fathom the spiritual cosmos, which is three-quarters of the creation and how powerful it is. But even just looking at Krishna's material energy, looking at the elements and how they are formed from subtle to grows and how they combine to form these amazing structures, whether it's the oceans, the seas, the land that we live on, the earth, what happens through the ether, these extraordinary feats, the Lord explains that is. this is coming from my inferior energy, my Maya, my material energy, it is also quite extraordinary. Hence, the entire chapter 10 of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is highlighting his his opulences in this material world and how even the most extraordinary of uh, material things should remind us of Krishna's power, should remind us of this is coming from Krishna. Hence, the Bhagavad Gita 1041 verse that's been mentioned here Know that all beautiful, glorious and mighty creations spring from but a spark of my splendor. Prabhupada explains Any glorious or beautiful existence should be understood to be but a fragmental manifestation of Krishna's opulence, whether it be in the spiritual or material world. So, we may wonder in the mature world sometimes, you know, we go places, what's the point of sightseeing or appreciating nature or anything in the material world? It's magical, it has beginning, middle, and end. We shouldn't even look at it, engage in it, entertain it. But if we look at it with the vision of understanding, if we look at it through the eyes of Shastra, what Krishna is saying to us, that this is this extraordinary nature, these extraordinary opulences although they are in the material realm, they are coming from me. They are part of my splendorous energy. So when we look and appreciate, we can think of Krishna. Look at Krishna's creation. Look at the sun. Look at the moon. Look at the oceans. Look at how powerful nature is. This is all coming from Krishna's um, inferior material energy. Although we call it inferior, When we're in the material world, when you call something inferior, it means it's less than, it's insignificant. Nah, don't pay no attention. However, this is Krishna's energy. Although it is called inferior, it's not inferior in the same way you use material calculation to try to understand something. The material energy is quite powerful. That is why no conditioned soul can actually (laughs) go head to head with it. We will lose miserably and we have, because as we can see, we are all losing against nature. like our bodies are changing, we cannot stop that. Nature's doing its course. Right? High um, Hayagriva is here at some point. Hayagriva was this tiny. <laughs> <laughs> and Hayagriva keeps growing. It is a natural progression. Like we were birthed into the womb of Mother Nature. She has provided our bodies, she has provided all the elements within so that our body can continue to do what it needs to do. This is a powerful form of the Lord's energy, and we cannot deny it. We cannot say, the mature energy is inferior, can't touch me, I'm untouchable. It's just my up. No, but it's actually quite powerful. Because one on one, it's, we, we cannot defeat it. It is not possible for the conditioned soul to defeat the immature energy. See what happens as soon as nature retaliates, or as soon as nature reminds us, in you could say tough love, that we are so small and so insignificant. Right? Whether it's through the weather, the climate, or the lack of resources, nature is letting us know that actually we're not as powerful as we think. Sorry about that there was that. A tiny little virus can wreak havoc for years on end. Right? if you look at what happened with the Spanish flu or different parts of history, it seemingly looks like a small insignificant virus or bacteria, but just see how it reminds us that, you know what, at any minute anything can happen. We cannot control something so minuscule. So better we use our human form of life for really trying to understand what all of this is about. What we're doing here, what's going on? For a lot of people that I've been speaking to, the pandemic has brought about those questions. What the heck is going on? What am I doing with my life? Uh, So these are kind reminders from nature uh, for Christians' opulences how we should, you know, respond when we are in our conditioned state and how we should take things seriously. When we look at the material energy, as I mentioned, we appreciate that yes, it is Krishna's energy, it is is his inferior energy, but nevertheless it is powerful. And we cannot single-handedly defeat it. What we can do is attach ourselves to Krishna, of course, and by Krishna's direct help, we're able to deal with the material entity. We're actually able to just survive. Right? If we didn't have the chanting of the Holy Name, what is Krishna's direct number? I like if you want direct contact with the President? Very difficult. Impossible. Right, but the Holy Name, the chanting of Krishna's name, is actually a direct halfway to connecting with Krishna. Nama Rupa Guna Leela, the more we chant, the more we understand Krishna and his form and his, 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 his pastimes. So, by chanting the holy name, by following the processes, where we're surrounding ourselves in a spiritual energy that not only lifts us up but also protects us and gives us the strength and the intelligence to deal with life in a conditioned state, to deal with life in the material world where there is a constant influx of imbalance, constant. And nothing stays the same forever. Everything has a beginning, middle and end. There are different shades, varieties, different forms of enjoyment, of chewing that which has already been chewed. And the most important thing is to understand exactly that it's already been done. There isn't anything that hasn't been done in this material world. All the experiences, whether it's jumping off a cliff of some mountain in Peru or Mount Kilimanjaro or diving into the ocean to get some shells or oysters, whatever people do, someone has already done it. There's already been a first of everything, pretty much. That is not necessarily the goal of life. The goal of life for us is to understand that this. Material world, yes, there is a mixture. We have our material energy, but we also have the spiritual energy in the process that's been given to us by the Acharyas. Our hearing, our chanting, our honoring of Poseidon and associating with devotees keeps us within an elevated spiritual consciousness, and it is in that consciousness that we're able to understand the plan of the world and how it works and how we fit in. So the Purushas, the um, the expansions of the Lord who come to this material for specific reasons, they are acting on behalf of the Lord and they are performing service, and they do so diligently. It is not out of their own selfish accord, but they have been appointed by the Lord to actually act on, this, on His behalf. Well, it's very interesting and a wonderful point in the Purport. Um, Although Pradapti Dapta is not on the same level as Lord Brahman or Siva, he is compared to them because he engages in the service of the Lord. In the service of the personality of God, it is not that Lord Brahman is considered very great, while an ordinary human being trying to preach the glories of the Lord is considered very low. So, one need not be a Purusha avatar, to be considered by the Lord, or to be recognized. If that were the case then, I mean, I'm certainly not a Purusha avatar, or any uh, avatar, but we are engaged by Shri Prabhupada in the service of the Lord. Prabhupada did say there is so much that needs to be done and we can see that there is so much that needs to be done in terms of sharing Krishna consciousness or sharing Krishna with people who know nothing about Krishna. So there is a lot that can be done and any living entity can do that. We don't need to be an empowered devotee. We don't need to be... Highly involved spiritual being, we have these books and we have the different means and processes where we can share Krishna. Now, there was a pastime where um, uh, Mahaji's daughter was giving out books on the street, and what she would say is, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Give out, I think it was a BTG of fire. For oh, some folks, she would say that to each and every single person, Krishna is the Supreme person Arms of God, and Prabhupada said this is preaching, even such a small girl can do that, but we're trying to um, give Krishna to others. So that service she's performing, the service of Lord Brahma, to the eyes of the Lord it is all endearing. Whether one is on a platform as huge as Lord Brahma, who is doing an amazing service, but even the foot soldier on the ground, who is sharing and trying to enlighten other people about who Krishna is, Krishna is pleased by that. It is not that because we are conditioned souls on planet Earth, insignificant planet, the universal four-headed Lord Brahma, so small, why would Krishna even notice? Why would Krishna even care that we're trying to chant Hare Krishna or engage in the sankirtan yajna? But the Lord does say that one who, um, one who explains the supreme secret, becomes very, very dear to Him. In the 18th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, we have these two beautiful verses. 1868 and 69. For one who explains the supreme secret to the devotees, devotional service is guaranteed, and at the end he will come back to me. And I declare that he who studies the sacred conversation worships me by his intelligence, and one who listens with faith and without envy becomes free from sinful reaction and attains to a planet where the pious dwell. So in these paragraphs, a short part, speaks about how anyone who sincerely tries to present Bhagavad Gita makes tremendous advancement on the path all back to Godhead. He doesn't say that anyone who comes to the level of being Lord Brahma or one of the incarnations, only they can attain the planet or only they can attain the kūnta kāloka. So there is no servant in this world more dear to me than he, nor will there ever be anyone more dear. This is from the previous verse as well. That the activities of, of spreading Krishna consciousness, they are the highest we um, could say welfare activities for living entities, but because it is that, that actually takes you out of the material consciousness, these activities take you out of the contaminated state of forgetting who we are, spiritual beings within these material bodies, and they elevate our consciousness and remind us of our connection, our eternal connection to Krishna. And that is the most important thing. And the more we do that, the more we not only realize it for ourselves, we try to share it with others, we pay it forward as the saying goes. You realize that you have something very valuable, you agree You share it with others, don't you? Yeah. If you have something that is extremely valuable, it has transformed your life tremendously, of course you want to share it with others. And it is through that sharing that we actually become more endeared to the Lord. And it is through that attentive detail of trying to share Krishna and His beauty and His fame and His opulences that the Lord takes notice and tries to help us even more in our sharing of Krishna consciousness. So we do not need to be as on a high pedestal like Lord Brahma or any of the other devotees. Because Prabhupada says that even if we're just ordinary human beings trying to preach the glory of the Lord, um, there are no distinctions. The Lord does not place distinctions. We can place distinctions. But sometimes we come up with our own ideas of what we think. It's going to please the Lord. But the Lord states very clearly, and His representatives, um, like Srila Prabhupada, they explain that, you know, it is not that Lord Brahma is considered very great in any other living entity trying to give Krishna to others is very low. It is not that. Simply whether we are materially high or low, it does not matter. Our material designations or distinctions actually do not matter in our pursuit of Krishna consciousness or in our pursuit of giving Krishna consciousness to others. At any point in time, come as you are, come as you may, you share Krishna with others and that is it. The Lord is is pleased and the Lord um, regards that is an endearing practice. So if we want to become even more and more dear to the Lord, then we engage in the service of the Lord and we try to give others an opportunity to also engage in the world's service. So in that way, not only are we purifying ourselves, but we're, we're acting when we have of the Lord, and we pray for the Lord's mercy, of course, to continue to share Krishna consciousness with others. And the Lord, by purifying our hearts, strengthening our mind, we're actually able to devise means and ways to attract people towards Him. And we have to be very, very smart, we have to be calculated, we have to plan how we're going we to share Krishna with others. And so different ways, some people naturally will come to a temple, but sometimes we have to take the temple to them, we have to take Krishna to them. And we have to be creative in how they do that because one way may not necessarily work all the time. So when we think deeply, we pray to the Lord, how can I make Krishna more accessible to people who do not know about Krishna or people who wouldn't even ever set foot in the temple? So we we try to use our intelligence to do that, and it is through our intelligence that we continue to worship the Lord and come up with creative ways to do that. And in that way, we are also purified in the, in the process of trying to give Krishna to others. So I'll stop there, and I'll ask if there are any comments or questions. Yes, Prabhu.
1: Thank you very much for a nice idea. How do you explain to people, those who are not knowing Krishna, how do you tell them? What is Krishna consciousness?
0: <laughs> how to tell people what is Krishna consciousness? They don't know anything about Krishna. They don't know anything about Krishna. Well, there are many ways you can explain to someone. Well, the question is how you explain it to someone what Krishna Consciousness is when they don't know. Well, first you have to explain to them who Krishna is. Otherwise, the Krishna Consciousness just doesn't make sense. What is Krishna? Who is Krishna? So you explain to them who Krishna is. And for some people, as soon as you say, um, God or Supreme is already, they check out.
1: Yeah, you can tell them. It's to be perspective
0: yeah, you could be direct, it is the Supreme Personality of God, the cause of all causes, uh, the Supreme Conscious Being, um, there's a Divine Male and Female Lord Krishna. There's so many ways you can explain, depending on who you're talking to. Like sometimes you judge, after being around people for some time, you get to know how well they will be receptive to what you're saying. But you try to find where you wish they can relate. So what I, how I explain to people what Krishna consciousness is, I explain first who is Krishna. Right? I do lots of yoga, I do lots of kirtan. They always ask, what is this mantra? What is Hare Krishna, Hare Rama? So then I explain who is Krishna, who is Radha. I explain what mantras are. But in explaining Krishna, I make it very clear that the goal of the yoga system is for us to be connected to the source of everything, and that is Krishna. Krishna is the fountainhead. He is the source of our existence. He is our root. And by connecting with him, we can experience all these wonderful joys that come from being a living being. So I explain that Krishna is the source of everything. Whatever yoga you come from, whatever you've heard, Krishna is the source, and he's actually the goal. And from that point they're like, oh yeah, mm mm-hmm, they sit on it, keep going. You explain that as Krishna and the way that we can try to remember, I explain to them this process of chanting bona fide mantras, eating foodstuffs that will help you understand is very important. So you chant with them as well. You introduce them to chanting Hare Krishna. You introduce them to the books. If you want to understand who Krishna is, Let's read something about Krishna. It doesn't become just a sentimental thing. Oh, the source of the universe. You know, he's everything. It doesn't become this airy-fairy, Krishna, he's everywhere. Yes, he's everywhere, but explain what that actually means. He's everywhere, or he's within. Okay, but what does that mean? He's within. So you explain to them who Krishna is as a supreme person, that is the goal of the yoga system, that is who we're trying to achieve in a relationship. You introduce them to the Bhagavad Gita or smaller books that talk about Krishna and his energies, his potencies. You do a lot of kirtan and prasadam. And through that, they understand being conscious of Krishna means you know what to put into your body. You know how to engage your body in the yoga system. Okay. Practice yoga, practice meditation. What type of meditation? What type of yoga? What type of foods should I put in my body? So you start explaining that being Krishna conscious means you're you're being conscious of your eternal spiritual connection, your source. And how you can revive that is using your body to help you. So you use the sound through the mantras, you use the foodstuffs that have been blessed by Krishna through mantra as well, and that purifies your heart and your consciousness. And you use transcendental knowledge to give you the foundation to carry on learning about Krishna. And that is Krishna consciousness, you become conscious of Krishna and his energies and how you are also part of his energy. It's a whole process, it's it's not just one specific, it's so many ways that you can teach them on Krishna consciousness. We pray
1: that Krishna gives
0: us the intelligence. Oh, we pray that Krishna gives intelligence. For the specific people. Yeah. Oh, so thinking it's, it's an art. You have to, like I was saying at the beginning, you spend time with them, you can figure out what you can say to some people and what you can't say. Over time they get purified. you can start giving more. But it's more like you give, you wait. They ask a the question, you give, let them sit with it. We keep giving gradually. Over the years, I've seen many people who I normally say, where they're like shooting stars. They come, oh, yeah, amazing, and then do Right? They come, it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's amazing, but then it gets overwhelming. They don't have a firm philosophical understanding, then it gets too much, or they get intimidated, and then they, they shoot off somewhere else. Right? So that will happen. It happens in the past, it'll, I'm sure it's still happening now, it will continue to happen. And then you have those who are like, slow and steady. Give it to me slow and steady, I'll step back. You won't see them for a month, they'll come back. So it depends on who you're dealing with. And Krishna will also give you intelligence on how to relate to people. Now it's not that you just just take the pocket, you boom on the head. Read it, read it every night. Like. Just read. the mother, you know, take it, take it no, You know no, that's not exactly attractive. I don't know if you've ever experienced that on the streets, You know, when they're coming out of Flint, the street station. you just like, oh my gosh, I'm not a You just shut out, It's just too much. It can't go in because it's just. Ah, it's like threatening to your soul. If you do a chant, the the days are over, our days are gone, we have finished
1: humanity. And it's like, oh my gosh,
0: I can't. It's horrible. There's no hope. But that's not exactly an attractive thing. However, when you spend time with people, get to know them, based on the questions that they ask Okay, so you said you wake up in the morning, why'd you do that? Why'd you wake up early? If someone asks you a question, they are ready for an answer. And if they start asking, Oh, you said you, you rise early, why is that? Then you explain to them. But it's in the way that you explain it to them, you don't want to totally freak them out. Oh yeah, it's from a time like all the demons are sleeping. In that hour, it's only the line, so I mean I'm like, me. I don't want to be a demon, all these demons sleep. And we wake up early, we're better than them it's the demons, yeah, the demons, you know, they're, they're out during the day and it's like, okay. You know, they may start thinking, hmm. Huh. But if you explain it to them, you know, in the morning time, just look at the quality. It's it's quiet. Your phone's not bugging out of control. No one is bugging you. You can actually sit peacefully and meditate and see what that does for your charity of mind. And it connects you to the spiritual source. Like when you explain things like that, people want charity. People want a peace of mind. People want to know who they are and what what this thing called life is and where they're coming and where they're going. So you explain it in a way that this is relatable. This is something that I need in my life, because it is. Everyone needs Krishna in their life, without a doubt. But you make them see that yes, you need to spend time by yourself and chant Hare Krishna. You know, over the weekend I did a program with a few ladies and I introduced them to Japa. No, I didn't say anything. I just said, here are some of are going to sit, we'll chant together at the same pace and just see what happens with your mind. Keep bringing the mind back and this is a form of meditation. You're meditating using these powerful mantras. And the them, they were all going on and on. It, it had to take me a while for me to stop and say, okay, um, time, time, yeah, I'm on time. And they could see, wow, that was something so, they were elevated, they could feel it was something higher than that. There was a benefit to it. So when people see that there is is, there there is a benefit that can be had, then they'll launch to do it. But we have to pray and be, you know, approach you or just give me some intelligence. How can I, how can I give Krishna to these people who would ordinarily not be interested in Krishna? how can I tell them that they actually need Krishnamoam without them realizing it? So like you are saying, it's an art. It's just a learning thing. Every time you interact with someone, we're just learning, okay, maybe I should have said that, I should have done this like that, or maybe I should have been more patient with this person. Next time, I'll be better. But it depends on who you're talking to. You are just...
1: Can you say something about the Krishna Miracles?
0: Krishna Miracles? Yes, I love Krishna Miracles. So, one miracle I will talk about is this miracle here. (laughs) So, um, I've had this question many times. Sometimes, you know, yes, Krishna has amazing pastimes, whether he's lifting over them here with his little finger, um, whether Krishna is kicking a tree and he's a baby and he releases souls that were trapped in there or he is wrestling with huge chunky, you know from the Krishna these huge chunky chakran mushtika type of wrestlers and he's just a young boy, But right? It seems like this is, uh, this is amazing. This is like a miracle in itself, such a young boy, so strong and he's a baby, he's doing all these things. And he's attracting anyone and everyone. You take one look at Krishna and it's just like, ooh. You know, everyone is, is mesmerized by Krishna's his beauty, his lips, his flute playing. It's it's amazing how people can still take one step after the other after looking at Krishna because it is he is so beautiful, he's so attractive. But what Krishna does when he comes into the material in different forms and different ways is that he takes people who are riddled with hmm, who are so covered over by a material consciousness who have completely forgotten themselves they have completely forgotten who Krishna is he takes those people and transforms them just from chanting and hearing about him they have never met Krishna in this life they, they don't know who Krishna is they cannot remember him they don't remember once being with Him, yet by chanting His name and reading about Him, they develop a love for Krishna. And they transform their whole life for Krishna. Have you ever transformed your life for someone you've never met? Don't know them. But your life is about that person. Your life is about that person. From the time you wake up in the morning, to the foods that you eat, to what you listen to, to where you spend your Friday mornings. This coming Friday? You know, from all these things, it is about that one person and trying to remember your relationship with them. You transform your eating, sleeping patterns, your everything. That's a miracle. Especially for some of us, who didn't grow up hearing about Krishna or anything from mahabharata We have been intoxicating ourselves with other things that I will not mention. Or we've been doing other things, bad qualities. Bad qualities, I mean. But, Krishna in the form of Lord Chaitanya, for this age of Kali has come and said, anyone, everyone, come and taste the sweetness of chanting Hare Krishna. It says that the Tansha Lord Chaitanya and his associates, they broke open the storehouse of love of God, and they gave it to anyone who would take it. They imagine just a huge store, like the most valuable thing in creation, Loving the Supreme in the sweetest form, in the sweetest way ever. What's the most expensive store? I don't know. Uh, Armani, Fendi, Gucci. Can you imagine just opening the store? Sir, come take here's a here's a bag. Yeah, take just take it all. Take it. Just take. Yeah, it's worth fifty. Take it. There you go. You want a Porsche? There you go. Everybody gets a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, oh, you want a Swarovski skip crystals? Everyone gets a crystal. Never will happen in the material world. But Lord Tang and his associates, they took the most powerful way to love the Supreme, the most powerful relationship. They broke it open and they said, whoever wants it, come and chase this, come and take it. Whether you're fit or unfit, whether you think you're qualified or you're not qualified, come. We have plundered the storehouse of love of God and now we want to give it because we cannot contain all of this to ourselves. Everyone has to have it. So they broke it open and they're giving it profusely and they're still giving it. It is a miracle that malachas like us, people who knew nothing, I'm not saying as I'm pointing to myself, nothing about Krishna, never met him, I don't know the person, but I'm told that he's amazing. I read about him and I'm like, whoa, far out, the sweetness, the kindness, the love and reciprocation with his devotees, this is what I want, I'm chasing this for the rest of my life, I'm chasing Krishna. I cannot find him, I'm chasing Krishna. It's a miracle. So, the, the miracle Krishna has created, that He has come as Lord Chaitanya, Krishna. there himself, He's performed His pastimes, and He is attracting all of us. Even when we still have bad qualities, even when we still have bad qualities, He is still pulling us towards Him, and that's a an miracle. Knew nothing about Krishna, then you dedicate your entire life to Him. You still haven't met Him. But you're still really going to Thank you. So that is Krishna's miracles in Lord, and I'm speaking about Lord Chaitanya because on the Friday is Skorpranima. This is his appearance. And if you want to get that nectar, that sweetness, if you want to really on that day pray profusely and serve the Lord and chant His name and read about Him to, to bring about that closeness to the Supreme Lord a wonderful meditation because what Lord Shaitanya did is is a miracle in itself. If you read about his pastimes, it's amazing. I don't want to meet you.
1: Uh, in, I come from India. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I stay in the cantonment. Uh, there's a beautiful temple in uh, Secunderabad in uh, Tripoli area. There. Mm-hmm. The commandant, I am an ex person. Actually. The commandant of the college was a devotee of Lord Radha Krishna. Mm-hmm. So it is said that 5000 years back, Krishna went and took a shelter in Guruval, which is in Kerala. Mm-hmm. But people tend to worship all from Mothra, because that's where the Krishna was born. Oh. Now oh, uh, Krishna finally settled down in Guruvayur in Kerala and uh, that place came up actually. It was in a very, very bad shape but like, you know, metal it was developed. Now between these two places, there's one more big water where you sail in a boat, cut across a river and get into the big water. There's another Krishna form. Actually. Which among is this, uh, you know, is it the different forms?
0: for the birth and the final settlement of Krishna, which is uh, awesome. Well, as in that Krishna book it explains, you know, when Krishna appears, although he's in the in the jailhouse in Mathura, then he's transported to Vrindavan under the care of Mother and the Maharaj, then it's different when he gets older, then again he goes to Mathura. And he has his pastimes with the with the pandas, um in the pastas or so different places. So the Lord in different parts of his life was moving around. But the holiest of the Lord's side of course is Vrindavan, where the Lord enacted his his childhood pastimes. For the vice, for us, Vrindavan is extremely important. Of course we go to Matra we visit Draw as well, but Vrindavan is of utmost importance. I don't know much about the, the place that you are talking about in Kerala, but... Um,
1: you no, know, that's where Krishna settled 5000 years back. Mm. And that's the original, uh, this Every morning there were one mm. okay. we the for 300 persons. Yeah, there
0: are many Krishna temples everywhere. Mm. Now, according to our Ar- or scriptures, we do know that uh, Vrindavan, Mathura, Dwarka. This is, these are the primary places where Krishna resided with his devotees at different, different um, events in his life. Yeah, but there'd been many temples, many other holy places that where the Lord would visit on pilgrimage or different pastimes. So that is also there.
1: And there are swayambhu which has come up. Swami is uh, one whom it has come.
0: Thank you, for I must thank
1: you for... Yes, right, I'll
0: finish that. Thank you very much. Thank you much. Thank you very much.